0: Hey everyone, welcome to the We Don't Watch Everything podcast, the only podcast that doesn't even know what their own show is about. Uh, I'm Phil, and that's Ben. Say hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Name everything you watched this week.
1: Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Nice. Um, The Bad Batch. Nice. Dark Matter. Nice. Uh, I try to. I'm trying to remember when Selling Sunset begins and My Life Ended. Those are intermixed mm-hmm. somehow. I'm not really sure. They're one in the same. They're now. one in it's, the same.
0: It is your life.
1: <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, that was about it. What about you?
0: I have had a busy couple weeks. Um, Season and a half of Ozarks, I finally decided to pull the Band-Aid off and force myself to rush through that. Uh, Abbott Elementary is still coming out. Euphoria, I caught up with How I Met Your Father. The woman in the house across the street from The Girl in the Window. Shout out to K Bell. Uh, The Book of Boba Fett also. Um, A new HBO show called Somebody Somewhere. It's three weeks in. So only three episodes. Um, peacemaker also on HBO. Uh, I also finished, uh, the Showtime show yellow jackets.
1: It's quite a load. Yes. See, we're, we're in, different, we're in different boats here because I recently, uh, I bit the bullet and just canceled Netflix. So it's the first time in years and years and years I've been without it. So, uh, Wish me luck as I figure out what to do next. But <laughs> you could
0: use the HBO subscription I've gifted you. I really
1: don't have an excuse now, but it's it's time to just look elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Net- Netflix is great; it's got a really deep library, but I wasn't using it as much as it's probably worth. So, figured for a few months we'll cancel it, and then if I have a gaping hole in my life, we'll come back. But
0: we'll see. The show definitely not brought to you by Netflix.
1: <laughs> well, so I've I've. We've thrown so much else to Netflix. I mean, we're talking about Cobra Kai all the time.
0: And, Red Notice. Yeah. We're going to
1: do something for Stranger Things, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And when is that coming out? Have we Have we seen a release date? No. But I haven't, at least. Should be 2022.
0: It will It should be. I think spring 2022 think, yeah, the, the, is what the they're trailer,
1: saying. I don't know if you saw the most recent trailer, but I, in the YouTube uh, description, it said something cryptic about April. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. April.
0: That's like in two months.
1: Yeah. Well, wow. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it.
0: These are strange times. I don't know. Trailers these days don't really hit the same. If you have trailers for a movie like The Batman that's coming out
1: in March. You were excited about I that am.
0: One. I've been excited for this movie from day one. All you fake fans who had to see a trailer to know that Robert Pattinson was going to be great. I beseech you to go back to our first episode when that came up and how psyched I was that Robert you, Pattinson got casted. I can attest
1: you have always been psyched about that.
0: I freaking love me some Robbie P, and he's gonna do great. But what are we talking about today? Let's get straight into some content. You, uh,
1: you were kind of driving this one. You yeah. had a lot of things that you wanted to bring up, and we, you kind of latched onto a theme. And I figured I could, you know add some things here or there, but you're kind of driving. Yeah,
0: so I've watched a lot of shows over the last couple weeks, as you heard when I ran through it. Um, And I kept coming back to this phrase, you know, that show really knows what it is. Mm -hmm. Or that show really doesn't know what it is. And I was like, is that like a really pretentious thing for – someone who likes TV to like say about something like, is that a pretentious way of just like not actually saying what you think
1: about it? You know what I mean? Like putting the burden on like, well this show knows what it is and it's good in that way. And it doesn't matter what I think of it. Yeah. It's kind of like that.
0: It's kind of like just saying it's super interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like, but but why is it interesting? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that you can't say it's interesting. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, I want to actually dive in. To what I mean by that. And it worked pretty well to kind of use some of the shows I'm watching as examples. Because I think two of the shows I'm watching really do know what they are. And I think two of the other ones don't necessarily know what they are.
1: Yeah, I, there's one you had a lot of negative things to say about. Um, and I it was really surprised too. to hear that. It
0: hurts too. Uh, should we start with let's, that one? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So if you're a fan of this show, you may know that I am a fan of one actress, Kristen Bell.
1: Oh, we're just getting right into it. Yes.
0: I think Kristen Bell is super talented. I think she's very funny. And I really enjoy TV shows with her in them. The Good Place is one of my favorite shows of all time. And so when Netflix announced a new show with Kristen Bell, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, I immediately signed up to get on the list for the screeners, so I was able to watch half the season before it aired on a sketchy website on my phone in a hotel room.
1: Oh, it was half the season?
0: Yeah, it wasn't even just the first episode like with Cobra Kai. It was half the first season. So I I think there might do another season, too. I couldn't tell. Um, And I was, as painful as it is to say, I was pretty disappointed. I did not really like the show very much. And I think a big issue with it was that it didn't necessarily understand what it was. Hmm. It is, so you might be able to tell from the title. It is kind of a supposed to be like a parody, campy version of like some suspenseful movies like that have come out lately, especially like The Woman in the House, primarily starring Amy Adams, um, where Kristen Bell is a... Uh, divorced woman who still lives in the same house and she used to be a painter and her daughter was killed when she was young. And there's all sorts of odd things that go about that. But so it's, it's it was written to be a comedy based on those suspenseful movies. But it kind of felt like to me that halfway through production, they were like, you know what? I know it's supposed to be a comedy, but I think we accidentally wrote like a really scary, suspenseful story. So they started filming it as such. And so essentially why I think this show doesn't understand what it was is because the tone was very off the whole time for me. Mm. It had a very dark tone, but the dialogue and the acting was very campy, but all the it wasn't directed to be campy. It was just how the script came through. If that makes sense. And which I thought was a real shame because I think Kristen Bell is a great actress for that type of tone, but it just, the way that it was shot and the way it was directed really, I thought made a lot of the jokes fall flat and it still had its moments and It was still a quick season. It was the first season. It was eight episodes. It went quickly. And there were certain things that I was genuinely interested by. And since I've talked to other people who have watched the show also, I've had some conversations that maybe I'm looking at it too critically because I had such high hopes for it. I'm not saying I'm above that. (laughs) I'm definitely susceptible to that. I definitely did have high hopes for it to be good.
1: But on the same – on the other hand, though, like, with as much as you love Kristen Bell, there could be the idea that, oh, you're just going to love whatever she's in. And, like, someone could accuse you of having that reaction, too. So the fact that you're reacting critically and thoughtfully to something that she's in and not just saying, oh, it's amazing, like, I think that strikes a fair balance. But that's just me. Well, thank you. You – Everything you say is correct. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not. Um, well, Well. thank you. But, yeah, it, it was – it wasn't even that highly anticipated of a show, really. They didn't have, like, a big marketing tour for it. Um, they announced the show, and it was out less than a month later. They they did some – Kristen Bell did some Q&As for it afterwards. But uh, I, I can't say that I'm going to be sitting around waiting for a second season. Hmm.
1: So when something gets kind of off tonally and gets tangled like this, do you think in this situation they knew that was happening or do you think they got their finished product and they're like, eh, this isn't quite going?
0: Well, with the way that they've talked about it since, I kind of think they might have known that the tone was off because a lot of the Q&As and stories being told about the set are almost the actors and creators explaining some of the jokes. Oh. And it's like <laughs> That's not good if you need to
1: explain your it's jokes.
0: It's like <laughs> oh, Chris the the paintings Kristen Bell did in the show were not supposed to be good. Okay, then that makes that a little funnier, but the show and the tone makes you feel like they're supposed to be really good. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And so it's just like, you're not sure what to laugh at and you're not sure what was supposed to be a joke. And then there's certain times where you're like, I know that was supposed to be a joke, but that was just, like, it just, it fell so flat that, like, I don't care about it, Yeah, you know? Yeah, sure.
1: Interesting thoughts. Thank you. That, you do, that, that is, uh, that is interesting. And that, that is a problem. It's, it's really obvious when something doesn't know what tone it's going for. Whether that's a result of, um, like you said, the, the script being off with the direction or um, like just not having a good idea of what it's supposed to be before you start. I think that's the biggest thing is you need that concept. You need that original like kernel of an idea. And if you don't have that and don't follow that, you can end up with kind of a jumbled mess. But sure. I'm, just, I'm just sorry it happened with with your lady here.
0: You know, that's all right. I needed something to bring me back down to earth. You know, not everything she's going to be in is going to be the good place. And I have to accept that. Fair enough. Although Michael Schur, who, you know, quite fondly did just come out with a book kind of wrestling with a lot of the thoughts that he had while writing the good place, which, um, I think it's called how to be perfect. I will probably be getting that. It's a book about ethics.
1: You need to learn how to be perfect. Cause you're not perfect already. I thought I was, everything I said was right. <laughs> That was five minutes ago. Was <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there any kind of show that you want to talk about that you feel like gets the tone really right or doesn't well, get yeah, the tone my, right? The first
1: one I have on my list here is a positive one. It's um, really the the show I was finishing up on Netflix. It was like, okay, once I finish this, I'm canceling. And that was Dark Matter. Oh, I, you I, finally yeah, got to the end? I did a, I did a way while on it. And I went, I got about... Two thirds of the way through pretty quickly, and then took a pretty big break because there was so much else coming out that I was focusing on. But um, if you don't remember, it's this sci fi show. It ran from 2015 to 2017 on Sci Fi Channel. It was originally a, co- a collaboration with Space Channel, whatever that is. Is that Elon and Musk's television channel? I don't know, man. But it's like, it's pretty low budget. Um, and of all people, our, our boy, Josh Roloff, who's been on the podcast.
0: Friend of the pod. Yeah. I Salvation's was, I was like
1: halfway through the show and I was Snapchatting him about something completely unrelated. And he's like, dude, you're watching Dark Matter. That's a great show. And I'm like, I'm stunned someone else even knows what this show and is. And Josh doesn't like anything. No, he doesn't. But it's its a show that it understands its budget limitations and it keeps its ambitions in check as a result. Just like
0: Velocipaster. So,
1: Sort of like Velocipastor. Okay. Not as good as Velocipaster. Oh.
0: but would <laughs> for Velocipastor. Velocipaster
1: was over in an hour and I could move on with my life. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a space adventure show, but it doesn't have the budget to make a super cool universe. So it makes the universe just sort of drab and dark and slightly dystopian where mm-hmm. there's no aliens, nothing exotic. Everything is just about big corporations and mining operations and um the adventures are much more focused on the crew of this one spaceship who wake up with amnesia they don't know who they are and the show is them kind of piecing their lives back together and then through their eyes you get to not only figure out who they are but you get to figure out what this universe is like so it's a good kind of double whammy there um but just it never gets its ambitions too far out there it just stays pretty grounded um and that, that just keeps you along for the ride the whole time. So, and all the way through to the end. And unfortunately it got canceled after three seasons cause it wasn't making any money because uh-huh. of its weird partnership with sci-fi in the space channel. It wasn't making any money for sci-fi. And so it got canceled and, um, it kind of had a cult following. Like the people who actually did watch it were really into it. So, um, it's, it's kind of too bad that it got canceled because it. Netflix ended- will probably bring it back at some point. I would, I would definitely love that. And there are some, some rumblings on the dark web about um, if it could get brought back somehow. But it, and it does not have a satisfying conclusion. Like it ended like they were expecting to be able to
0: to go keep going. That's out. always so, a shame.
1: Yeah, that was sad. But yeah, um, it seems weird to say like a show is good because it's not too ambitious. But it's just, it's really satisfying to have something that knows exactly the scale and the. Um, sort of like the ability it has and doesn't try to be something it's not. So yeah. Nice. It just happened to be the last thing I watched. (laughs) What were you watching it on? It was a Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been, maybe Netflix will bring it back then. Um, yeah, that's the thought. It needs to be someone, it's not going to be a, like a, Channel or anything, it's gonna have to be some streaming service or sure. someone with a ton of money who just okay. was a huge Dark Matter fan and says, "Here, bring everybody back." Oh. Go <laughs> and like all the actors apparently want to come back too. Like they loved being in the show. It was it's just, a good sign. Yeah, just a money thing. So yeah, but I believe you're up again. So yes.
0: Yeah, so first show I talked about, I think didn't understand what it was because they couldn't get the tone right. And so the next show I want to talk about is a show that I am absolutely loving on HBO that I think gets the tone exactly right and that is the new DC show by James Gunn peacemaker that I made Ben watch the first 20 minutes of the first episode and he was not feeling it I'm not necessarily sure why maybe he just said I think he I think I'm ben, not
1: into the DC thing. I think
0: Ben just has a little bias against DC
1: That's probably true
0: but I thought Marvel
1: fanboy over Sure here.
0: I thought the James Gunn thing would kind of get you over that since he's kind of like Marvel's like this is like DC stuff is what James Gunn does when he like wants to get to say the F word and Mm -hmm. curse and stuff, you know? Um, And that's exactly what this show is. Obviously James Gunn has a very specific feel to things that he makes and the soundtrack is very involved. It's very funny and witty and caked with pop culture references and whatnot. And, Peacemaker is no exception to that. It has a really strong cast um, led by John Cena, who believe it or not, because of this show, I have had at least two conversations going to bat for the artistic capability of one John Cena.
1: (laughs) Who would have thought 2022
0: he he's developed a really complicated character, you know, and it's, he, he has this grief about the life he's lived as a superhero who kills people. And like, he feels bad. He doesn't want to kill people anymore. And like, you see this like grief on his face about the things he's struggling with, but also this was who he was raised to be. So he's not sure how to change. And like, he's not even sure what exactly it is that is wrong. But yeah, so this, the cast is, is really great. They fit the story. Well, and they fit the characters that they were casted for really nicely. And the way that James Gunn is able to balance the humor with the action and also the really kind of dark stuff that's going on because it is a pretty like scary show. Like it's it's a basically a small group of people fighting off a hidden a hidden alien invasion and like a lot of people are dying. And yeah, so it's very dark and there's a character who's very racist that gets made fun of in prison and whatnot. For being racist? By the main characters, yes. It's a character named the White Dragon who's essentially like a supervillain version of someone who leads a supervillain esque KKK society. Uh, okay. Yeah. And he's also Peacemaker's dad.
1: Well, that's a twist. Yeah.
0: So, like, if you're kind of looking at superheroes as in that light, like, Peacemaker is a pretty good dude, even though he kills people just because he didn't turn out racist.
1: <laughs> that's the measuring stick we have nowadays. I
0: mean, like, yeah. that's impressive, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I I guess since you haven't seen much of this show, I, I, I wish you would give it a try, because I think it is a really, really great show so far.
1: Now, objectively, I don't doubt it. I don't. I don't doubt James Gunn's ability to make a good superhero show, on the R-rated level. But like, I just don't personally have much of an interest right now. That's a me problem. That's not. I'm I'm not going to try and
0: force you into this. I understand that you're not like a DC guy, but I also think that this show makes fun of DC a lot as well. Hmm. There's a scene where Peacemaker is essentially calling out Batman for inadvertently killing millions of people for not killing the joker oh yeah fair because this old guy's like saying peacemaker isn't a superhero and batman is because batman has a coterie of supervillains and he's like you know why i don't have a coterie of supervillains because all my supervillains are six feet under <laughs> oh, so that's kind of the tone of the show yeah. you know yeah. and there's a lot of stuff where it's going on where you can just kind of tell that like James Gunn just took a break from writing this character and he's just kind of explaining why he thinks this is weird. Like, that wasn't Peacemaker talking about Batman. That was James Gunn being like, this is stupid. Mm.
1: (laughs) But they're just going to let it roll because it's entertaining, right?
0: James Gunn gets away with whatever he wants. Yeah. And the show is like getting super popular.
1: How many episodes in are we now? There's six is this, episodes. So in. is it one where they're like releasing them? One
0: once every week. One uh, airs on Thursday. So we just got a new episode t- today when we're recording. Um, which I watched on my lunch break because I work from home and when I'm bored I just watch TV.
1: That's how you be productive. I hope
0: my boss isn't <laughs> listening.
1: <laughs> well, I'll go down the uh, negative Nelly. <gasps> oh no, Ben! Here. It's actually not terribly negative and. My two negative choices that I have are only parts of shows that I otherwise really like. Okay. Um, we were talking about Star Wars, Book of <sighs> Boba Fett beforehand. Um, we got into Clone <laughs> Wars and how some of that is mashing up with where the current series are at. Sure. Well, a show that didn't really know what it was, believe it or not, was early on in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Sure. Because when you think of Clone Wars, and I know we're both huge fans of it, you go immediately to more like the second half of the show when they get really ambitious and start making sort of really weird and intense storylines. At you, least that's what I go to. You
0: want to know the absolute first thing that comes to mind when I think of the show The Clone Wars? Andy's really going to like this. What do you think?
1: Uh, when Darth Maul nope. and his witchcraft-created brother take over Mandalore. Nope.
0: That's a cool part, but that's not the first thing I think of. The first thing I freaking think of is Kit Fisto going into General Grievous' oh, yeah. lair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's an earlier episode. Isn't it you? is.
0: I I don't know why I have such an affinity for that little arc, but I, I Andy and I just bonding over loving Kit Fisto. Oh, when he's a we Kit Fisto younger.
1: guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, early on, the show is just sort of it's more in line with the actual prequel movies, and the characters don't seem to have very much. Uh, they're not really fully formed yeah which is weird to say when they already have these movies but by the end of the Clone Wars they're kind of developing you know they're kind of coming into their own and you're seeing sides of them you never saw in the movies and you wish you would have but so much of that comes like near the end um like when you have Anakin and Ahsoka kind of openly questioning like the Jedi Order and you have these storylines that kind of blur the lines between who's good between like are there good people on the separatist side? Like is the Republic side just like corrupt and pointless? And you don't really, you don't really have that early on, early on you just have more of the, well, here's some big battles and smashing droidicas and whatnot, which is good. They have some really good storylines, but, um, and it's classic stuff, but it, it doesn't become the unique thing that it is until like more towards the end when, it was kind of desperate and had to avoid being canceled. And Dave Filoni was just throwing things at the wall like, oh, <laughs> we'll try this bizarre thing or we'll have a gang of witches create a twin brother to Darth Maul. It's okay. And it works. But Let's roll. <laughs> but they, they weren't doing that in 2009.
0: So. so you think early on, especially coming out of the movie, early on Clone Wars didn't necessarily know what it was because – Certain characters weren't fully developed. They didn't know where, what direction they were going. They knew they had a storyline to fit in, and they just weren't sure how to get there. Yeah,
1: they were just, I think, trying to make more Star Wars prequel content. Like, get more Anakin and Obi-Wan and Jedis and lightsabers and clones and battle droids. And... I mean, like the Clone Wars movie, I don't know when the last time we even saw that was. Oh, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it, actually. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's okay, but it's pretty bland and pretty just straight-laced. Like, Ahsoka is downright hateable. Yeah. Like, she's almost, like, intentional, I don't know if it's intentional, but she is extremely annoying. And by the end of the Clone Wars. She's a
0: total fan favorite.
1: Yeah, and that's because she has a human arc where she grows and learns and you start to like her more. But you don't get that early on in the show. So,
0: which, to be fair, she was like a fourteen-year-old girl at the beginning of the show. Who likes fourteen-year-olds? But you don't.
1: You don't really feel bonded to anyone else in the show either. It's across the board, just kind of bland. Do you think
0: Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of the exception of that?
1: Well. He he's was the exception in the prequel movies too, where his acting kind of carried him above the yeah exactly the issues. I feel like Obi Wan so, Kenobi's character is always kind of just like that's our dude. He he kind of just rises above it, sure. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't argue with that. But yeah, that's all I got. I no. don't I don't mean to bash on Clone Wars at all. No, you're. I
0: I think that's very fair. And it, like you preface it, that's one of our like most important shows of our right. life. it so gives far. me such and an
1: appreciation for how good the show became because it wasn't just off the bat had this magic
0: formula. Well, so transitioning off of that, you kind of talked about a show that didn't necessarily know where it was because the cast and crew might not have known what they were fully. I'm going to talk about a show that recently started airing that from day one knew exactly what it was and the cast and characters all knew exactly who they were from the very get-go. And that is the new ABC sitcom, Abbott Elementary. You may remember, you may remember me talking about this after the pilot aired a month or so ago, however long that was. But this show, I think there's seven, six or seven episodes out now. And man, this show is gonna be huge. The show is so funny. It is Abbott Elementary is a inner city elementary school in Philadelphia. And the show kind of revolves around a cast and crew of five or six teachers and the principal and kind of dealing with issues with students and not having enough money and funding for things and trying to be the best teachers they can be and whatnot. Uh, The main character and creator of the show, uh, Quinta Brunson, plays a character named Janine, who is a really young teacher who's really getting her feet wet and like learning how to do this. And so she has some run-ins with some of the older teachers, not necessarily like run-ins where they're like butting heads, but where she thinks her way is right. And the more veteran teachers are like, no, you got to do it this way or else you're going to crash and burn kind of thing. Uh, Tyler James Williams, for those of you who loved watching everybody hates Chris after school, the same way I did when I was younger. uh, He's back and he plays one of the teachers and he's super funny. And, yeah, I don't know. Each character that, like each of the main characters—the four or five teachers, the janitor, um, and the pr- the principal—just from the get-go, were exactly how they should be and at exactly the right temperature. Whereas in shows like Parks and Rec and The Office, particularly because this is shot in the same way, where it's kind of like a fake documentary. The, the office in Parks and Rec kind of had to change the temperature of certain characters. Like Michael Scott gets more intense or dumber, you could say, as the show kind of goes on. Leslie Nope kind of has to dial it back a little bit mm-hmm. or, or whatnot in certain areas. I would say, um, not to cut
1: you off, but no, uh, go for Jess it. with New Girl was like, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I haven't watched that in a really long time, but I was probably about halfway through when I stopped. But I think I pointed this out when I did a Waywall on it. It's like at the beginning... It's like she is really off the wall and she's really eccentric. And you're like, it's kind of funny, but like, is this really going to keep up? And then she kind of mellows out a little yeah. bit and it becomes more of a communal, like they play off each other really
0: well. Exactly. I think from day one, this show, the temperature of each character was spot on. It is really well written. It is incredibly funny. And everybody should be watching this show.
1: Who would have thought network television?
0: It's back, man. I'm watching six shows right now, one episode at a time. I can't remember the last time I watched more than one show like that. It's amazing. Like, it's never completely gone away, you know, like the watching
1: one at a time. sure. But, I mean, six at once. I'm watching
0: six shows like that right now.
1: Good for you. Doing your part to keep society running. You know,
0: man, keep that subscription revenue flowing. (laughs) any other shows that you kind of feel like have a natural segue off of
1: that feed of Abbott elementary. You mentioned mentioned the office. So I'll just go there and say my quick piece and be done. I'm not going to, I'm not the first person or the only person who's ever said that the office season eight wasn't good. (laughs) We've
0: never allowed ourselves to really
1: talk about the office. No. And I'll keep it brief here, but um, office all time classic. If you breathe air, you've seen it or have heard about it. There's nothing I can say that's really new or groundbreaking on it. It's it's just really apparent when a show works so well like it did for so many years, and then it took a really steep dip in season eight. Like every time I've rewatched it, it's like season eight is when you're like, oh, th- that would be the second to last season. So th- right is, after Michael,
0: so leaves. is that the is that one season without Michael or are there two seasons? There's without two. Se- and season seven's not like that bad. Is no, it? season
1: seven's pretty good. Michael leaves with a couple episodes left. And what they have is they bring Will Ferrell on for a few episodes, yeah, and it does not work. work. And, and like, ironically, the only part with Will Ferrell that I laughed at is- When he falls. <laughs> when they're, He has one line when he yells at Dwight. Um, that I laugh <laughs> at. But you know, aside from that, the only bit with him that's really funny is when they're having him host the Dundies, and the bit <laughs> is how bad of a comedy host he is. And that stuff is funny. Nothing else he does is funny. (laughs) But they, I mean, I don't think that was meant to be a long-term answer, and they ditch him pretty fast.
0: That baby could be on the cover of a magazine called Babies I Don't Care About. Yeah. Like, that line's the most memorable line, at least in my watching of the show, and it's not that funny of a line.
1: Um, And then season eight, they just, it becomes pretty apparent how reliant it was on Michael and Steve Carell's charm, but...
0: Is that the is season eight the one with the weird like sound guy?
1: No, that's season nine. That's when they're at the end and they're just breaking the okay the wall down and like sure, the documentary sure. stuff. And I thought that was done fine enough because sure. it's a way to wrap up the show. But I also saw this rumor uh, apparently, like the script in season eight, they like wanted to have a storyline where Jim like cheats on Pam, oh. and John Krasinski was like, no. We're not doing that. That's gonna like break the viewers. Yeah, that would in the that show. would have been really bad. Yeah, um, and so I mean, just lots of. It's not just Michael being gone. There's bad creative choices going on, but it rebounds a little bit for season nine and it finishes off well enough. But you know, even even the best of shows cannot know what they're doing and they can lose their footing sure. from time to time. But
0: and at the end of the day, the worst episode of The Office is a better episode than a lot of TV shows oh, can sure. hope for. Yeah, it's,
1: it's never like unbearable. It's just yeah. it's in, when you're comparing it to what you've seen mm. for so many years, you're like, eh, Yeah, you can, it definitely you can do falls better. off. You're better than this. Sure. <laughs> well,
0: I have one more show that I am watching that I don't think necessarily knows exactly what it is. And you might hate on me a little bit because the last two episodes have been really stinking cool. But I wrote this before I watched the most recent episode. I don't necessarily think the book of Boba Fett knows what it is. And we talked about this idea before the episode started recording, that if this show is called The Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett... I would probably have less issue, and I'm not saying I'm not enjoying the book of Boba Fett. I'm loving. it. You don't like the book, Buzz? Frog with you? I'm loving You've the book got of Boba the Fett. Dark Saber. The last two episodes have been the best two episodes of Star Wars television.
1: Wow, they have. I mean, I don't disagree, but that's no, maybe not count live
0: action television for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the last se- like the last season, the best of the Clone Wars is probably still better television. And we haven't gotten Kenobi yet either, but the so let's say the first what was it five episodes before we got to the Mando parts, mm-hmm. those first five episodes, we didn't know what the client like the, we didn't know what the mission of the show was until episode no. five. No, we had no idea what the issue was going to be like, and now it's gearing up for this war with the Pikes and the Syndicate, and it's like okay now I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is a stepping stone to the next season of Mandalorian with the most recent two episodes. But for the first four episodes, when we were just getting like.
1: Well, half of it is half of its flashbacks, weird flashbacks, really don't seem to have much bearing on. Yeah. What's going on in the main plot.
0: Especially since it doesn't seem like the Tuscans are gonna be fighting with Boba no. in the war. Like that was just like backstory for Boba. Like it didn't really matter. Like the Tuscans don't seem to really have a role going forward. Which I don't know. I mean, obviously this could all change, but I'm saying the first five episodes left me like just confused as to where the show was going, which I guess you you shouldn't know where the show is going exactly until you've seen the whole show. You have
1: no internal bearings though.
0: Yeah. Like I, I wasn't invested in anything.
1: Yeah. You know, no, like, I would agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And obviously put little baby Yoda on the screen and I'm going to be it invested. immediately. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> invested in Grogu learning how to use the force and jumping around rocks and whatnot. Like that is the best 10 minutes of television ever. <laughs> right. And getting to see Luke be a jerk of a Jedi Master and making him choose stuff like I I still like Luke, you know. I'm not gonna give up on him yet, even though I know what happens and he tries to kill his
1: nephew. Yeah, all that, all that, the whole environment with uh, him training Grogu and then him having the robots build the Jedi Temple and weren't those ant something. robots kind of cool? Yeah, yeah, that was, I dug that. Yeah, but no, it's it's not an exaggeration to say. That it, this book of Boba Fett literally became the Mandalorian for two episodes. Oh, for sure. Like, like Boba- it, it, I, I can imagine if this is where you were starting. Like, you're like, oh, I want to watch this Boba Fett show. You're like, okay, learning about Boba, whatever, whatever. And then you have no idea what happens. Like, who is this guy? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Who is the Mandalorian? If for some reason you've been living under a rock, and yeah, you for you, you're not up with all of this, but. um, it is maybe a little bit says something about a show when the best parts are what you're bringing in from outside the show. It's like it got good because it's bringing back stuff we already know and mm-hmm. stuff that works. So, and how strong of a concept was it to begin with?
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying Boba Fett is a casualty of them progressing the story in that way, but like Boba Fett is supposed to be this really cool character. Would like be a really cool dope bounty hunter and like we don't really get to see him like be cool that much in this show like we get a lot more examples of him not being very good at his job than we do of him getting to be good at his job i think that's the point you know and it's like i get like subverting expectations and whatnot but like when he in that clone wars cartoon when he's a kid like he's really resourceful and like capable isn't
1: he yeah and his limited appearances yeah
0: yeah and like he's still a kid, but. I don't know. It just it, it just had a weird feel for the first three, four-ish episodes. I, I liked episode four the most of the first four, I think. And then obviously the last two were fabulous. They just didn't have Boba in them.
1: Yeah. And I think the problem, like going back to the flashbacks, I think what they're trying to do was show how Boba's become more, first of all, how he's becoming more in tune with the environment. hmm and then also sort of the compassion he has and the willingness to stand up for others. Like, he's definitely not a hero at this point. He's still kind of a scummy crime lord. But he does things differently than, like, his competitors do. And that shows up when he, like, takes the Gamorian guards in instead mm-hmm. of executing them. And when he... What's the one you big mean Wookiee's name?
0: Uh, Black So Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, something
1: like that. Yeah, when he sets him free and then lets him come back and work for him, even though he like literally tried to kill him, uh, I th- guess that's what all that was doing. But did you need to spend half to three quarters of each episode showing him swinging a metal pole around with Tusken Raiders to learn that?
0: Yeah, and like I'm all here for like Tusken PR and like rehabil- rehabilitating that. No, yeah, they look. did cool stuff with them, but also yeah. rehabilitating Tusken Raider looks makes Obi Wan Kenobi look worse. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, you could obviously explain that away with like being like different tribes of Tusken Raiders, like being like maybe Obi Wan was tight with certain tribes and not with others, you know, you know. But maybe
1: they weren't even thinking about that when they made the original movie. But they're like, here's a weird old guy, here's the desert nomads, that's it. (laughs) And now
0: there's theories about Tusken Raiders being fish people from before the planet was dried up. Oh,
1: that would be that would be interesting. There's this
0: theory that the tuscan raiders and the pikes are the same race of oh, alien
1: and it's some race war thing that's going on
0: yeah and so like basically when the planet dried up the pikes left and the tuscans stayed and adapted
1: it's also interesting how the spice is like a hallucinogen thing um yeah it's that, like from dune yeah but we didn't really know like all we've just heard is like oh the spice it's valuable
0: oh yeah that was that was a a dune thing that was george lucas like homage to dune cool i'm pretty yeah. sure
1: <laughs> and then i mean we didn't even mention the fact that cad bane shows up
0: god freaking bane well this isn't an episode about boba fett now <laughs> we're just kind of we're closing out the episode with some boba fett talk.
1: <laughs> but we were both super excited when that
0: happened yeah we we were joking We were both, like, way more hyped to see Cad Bane than we were to see Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. It's like
1: Ahsoka shows up and it's like, yeah. I think my
0: my hype was pretty equal for Grogu and Cad Bane. I think Cad Bane was elevated because this is the first time we've seen him live action. And,
1: like, was really not expecting it. He showed up at a really unexpected time, too. No.
0: Yeah. I, for whatever reason. He looks angry. Yeah. He is not in a good mood. He's not in a good mood. When the episode started with that Cobb Vance scene, I for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be Cad Bane like <laughs> right away. But then I was like, Oh, duh. Like, why would it be Cad Bane? It's Cobb Vanth. And then at the and end, of that, I was up. like, oh my <laughs> <gosh.">
1: <laughs> Are we going to get Hondo to show up at any, any point?
0: We freaking better. I love dude. Hondo. I have Hondo's Hondo. maybe my favorite
1: character in the Clone Wars. <laughs>
0: He's the funniest character in Star Wars history for sure. But yeah. So, I hope you learned something about what it means and when a show knows what it is and what it isn't. We're gonna close this episode out after the break with a waywa
1: Welcome back to the We don't watch everything podcast. It is that part of the show where we do a waywa. So Phil, what are you watching? I
0: am watching a lot of stuff, but what I want to talk about now is How I Met Your Father. The new Hulu Should show be a good story. uh sequel show to the controversially loved How I Met Your Mother show. Starring Friend of the Pod, Jason Segal. Friend. <laughs> Go on. Um the show just started airing. There's four or five episodes out. And I think they dropped the first couple episodes all at the same time. But after episode three, I was like, oh, no. the show is really bad. I'm sorry, Hilary Duff. I think you're cool. But you're not saving this show or doing it any favors. And neither was the rest of the cast.
1: Including Josh Peck.
0: <laughs> bringing us to episode four and five, where one Mr. Josh Peck shows up. And I'm not saying he, he's actually, I think, pretty good in it so far. I don't think he's what's saving the show, but I think the show is kind of starting to find its legs a little bit. And I, after, I, I don't know why I decided to keep watching, but after season, episode four and five, I was like, I think it's getting better. Hmm. I think it's getting funnier and I think they're finding it's a larger cast than what the original show was. Uh, So the original show is a little more compact with three guys, two girls. Right. And this is like three and a half girls and three guys, now four guys. Like it's, it's a, it's a larger ensemble. So they're kind of, as they're going, like kind of figuring out what, arrangements of people work and like what types of scenes work for these actors and whatnot and what's gonna kind of drive this show and whatnot. Um so I I think it's getting a little better. So I'm I'm excited to keep watching actually I'm not gonna lie. So it's no starting to know what it is maybe? I think it's starting to kind of figure it out. Hmm. <coughs> um there's I think they realized after a couple episodes that it was missing a Jason Segal-sized person that was cute and lovable in the same way that Jason Segal was. Because as controversially and poorly aged as the original show was, one thing most people agree on was that Marshall, Jason Segal's character, was super great. And everything he did was funny. And so I think they're taking – there's this British character who comes from wealth – who moved to New York and was disowned by his family for it. Um, He was chasing a girl that's also in the cast, um, who's somewhat unlikable, not gonna lie. But they're kind of turning him into this Jason Seagal type Marshall character that is just, he's really lovable and you're just cheering for him and he gets himself in situations that are just funny. Like he pawns off a necklace in the most recent episode to pay for a new apartment And he's just so unaccustomed to New York that he walks out of this pawn shop with a huge stack of bills and immediately just gets taken away. (laughs) And he's just like, huh, okay. (laughs)
1: That's how it works. That's
0: just, I mean, that's one of the funnier moments in the show, which might say how funny you actually think it is. Or I think it is, I guess. Um, But I'm giving it a chance. I really do love the original show. And I think this show might be getting better. I think it might be getting better, although the main guy character uh Christopher Lowell, who plays Jesse, I'm sorry Christopher,
1: you're gonna have to prove it to me not in I'm not convinced yet, so it might be getting better than its five point one rating on i m d b
0: no I think 5.1 at this point is accurate. Okay. I think before the most two recent episodes, it was should have been lower than 5.1. Oh, no. It was bad. It was not a good,
1: enjoyable time. I did not have a good time watching. Well, interesting that you stuck with it because like we've talked about with shows, it's like it's one thing to watch a movie that's not good. You just kind of suffer through it and it's over. But you don't really consistently keep watching a show if it's not good and not holding your interest. So.
0: I have a hard time giving up on things. You know? Hmm. It, I, I just got to see it all, man. Yeah. I want to watch everything. It's my life goal. Well,
1: it's a good thing you're on this podcast.
0: <laughs> that is our our mission, our promise to you that we'll get there someday, and we'll let you know what's good and what's not. Good stuff. But until then, follow us on Twitter at We Did Not Watch It for things we find interesting in movies and television and news about episodes, drops, and whatnot, and. Some memes. Hey. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Do whatever you want. Hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did making it.
1: Bye. Bye.